Hey, the balance in my free checking account earns more than options like CDs and without tying up my money. Keesler Federal Credit Union, helping our members live extraordinary. How are you, buddy? Thank you for coming on in. And Mr. Gray Owl, nice to see you. And where are we here? I am Pam. And uh, Deb from SAC, welcome. Philip Baca, 405er, good to see you guys. Shaq Valet, always a pleasure. I am Pam. And James Weston. And Lily Pond, thank you for joining us. Alien Critter, good to see you. Cable Guy Matt is here. Remember, if you see Cable Guy Matt, hit him up for your free piece of coaxial cable autographed by Cable Guy Matt. Remember, folks, you cannot buy these in stores. Limit one per household. All right. Trisha, thank you so much for the lovely super chat tonight. Very much appreciated. Hopefully, you're going to be one of the newbies coming to Vegas with us May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget Casino the second annual Spaced Out Radio Fan Party. Hi, Bill WD40, lubing us up for tonight's show in the Spreaker chat room. Good to see you. Nathan Allen, thanks for coming on in. And uh, who else do we have here as we're running out of time? Shadows of the Moon, welcome to SOR chat. I think we are all caught up. Oh, there's Midwest Night Watchers. Forgot to say him. All right, 10 seconds left. The Super Chat is open. Thank you, Carl and Trisha, for kicking things off tonight. Shop at our store, spacedoutradio.com. Horns up. Let's rock. snowy mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. And check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show for you tonight as we're about to embark on the woo train. Our Keith Andrews is back for the ET Connection. Then... In hour number three, we're going to be joined by the Swamp Dweller for another spooky story that Tim Senor joins us for the UFO Report. Our main man, R. Keith Andrews, joins us once a month for the E.T. Connection. The E.T. contactee known as R. Keith discusses his purpose of aliens coming to Earth and having contact with us. Keith is not only a contactee himself, he's also very highly intuitive. Today, Keith uses his gifts to help people for more than 30 years and help them understand what their own contact and consciousness is all about. We bring in our good friend, R. Keith Andrews here 
on the big show. And Keith, this is our final show of 2022 with you, my friend. I cannot believe that we're here already. It is almost, you know, it's almost, you know, what's the word I'm thinking about? There we go. Pull a blank this early in the show. No, it really is unbelievable. I still recall the early the early days of this show when there was such a hoopla about whether or not I should be on the air at all. And I'm certain that there's still people that question that. Oh, sometimes I do, Keith. Uh, Keith, your, your your computer is freezing up a little bit. I'm not sure if uh, you are using Google Chrome or or Firefox for this tonight, but uh, or maybe you have a few too many programs open on your computer, but uh, you do seem to be freezing up a little bit. But uh, nonetheless, everything floating in the you will see that work. Didn't understand a thing that you said there, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Keith, you know, you have been a lifelong ET contactee for your entire life here, and you now spend the better part of your days in helping counsel people who have had their own contact. And uh, we're just going to – I'm looking at Keith here, and he seems to be uh, freezing up on his uh, connection here. Uh, Keith, can you hear me okay? You break off. I get about half of what you're saying at this point. Okay. Uh, I believe it's uh, looking at our YouTube channel on YouTube right now. It seems to be an issue with your computer tonight. So we're going to have to fix this up, my friend, in order to uh, continue on here because it's going to be pretty difficult if you're only getting every second word. You may have to reboot your computer. Uh, I may have to, so I'll be All right, Keith, you go reboot your computer. I'm going to take you out of here for a second. But, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the ET world, and we'll get back to Keith here uh, momentarily as uh, he's just going to reboot his computer here, and and that way we can have a a fresh, clean uh, connection uh, with him, hopefully. You know, ET contact is one of those things that is very much still highly controversial regarding what people are going through. And I am a firm believer that a lot of experiencers out there truly do have some incredible experiences and answers that actually, you know, get to it and and get to the heart and the crux of the matter when it comes to, to why we are being taken and why people are experiencing such an incredible phenomena that is only really seen in sci-fi movies you know i know looking at our audience in in our chat rooms that and i read your comments that there are a lot of people who listen to this show that have had some sort of extraterrestrial experience and you know if we dig deep enough do we really know where they're coming from do we know what's happening you know because the experiencers that i talk to are very clear and, and calculated on what happened to them The skeptics out there will say, well, there's not enough proof. There's not enough evidence. And when somebody like Keith comes on, they will often say, well, what does this guy know? How does he get his information? Well, Keith is basically in contact. There are a number of people out there 
who have contact regularly. You know, I mean, these are the people that may sound like tinfoil hat wearing lunatics. But in reality, we don't know what their everyday life is like. Could you imagine living in the shoes of someone who literally has contact maybe every second day, every third day? And when I say contact, we're talking being taken. We're talking uh, losing sleep, missing time, you know, trying, saying to your friends, you're going to show up at a certain time. And next thing you know, you're not there. And you don't know where you went. It is a, a scary process. And if this truly is extraterrestrial, which is what I believe, how do we control it? How, you know, why do they blank our minds with it? Why do we have such suppressed memories regarding it? Is it the travel to and from craft where they could seemingly open up doors through windows and walls and brick walls and drywall and whatever else kind of wall that's uh, made out of and poof, we're gone? For who knows how long. That's where things get interesting. And you know what? You can write it off if you're skeptical, which everybody should be. You can write it off as imagination. You can write it off as anecdotal evidence. And hey, it's just a story. We hear a lot of that in the UFO world that it's just a story. It's a good story that easily could be made up. Or. It's actually happening. And it's happening to more people than you know. Because remember, the people listening to this show, the majority of them will never admit in public or even come on this show to discuss their contact. Whether it's for the fear of resentment, ridicule, embarrassment. There are a lot of reasons to keep this type of story in the closet. Nobody wants to be the weirdo. Nobody wants to be the one who gets laughed at. You know, we're not comedians regarding this subject. We are real people who are trying to figure out what is happening as we wait for Keith to reboot his computer to hopefully get a clearer connection with him. Usually we have a great connection, but tonight just seems to be a little bit off. So we're getting him to reboot here. You know, and it always reminds me of, you know, the stories that we have in regards to why don't you have a camera with you? Why don't you set up trail cams in your bedroom or or security cameras in your bedroom? Or in your house or wherever it may be. A lot of people can't afford that. A lot of people want their privacy in their bedroom. You know, I could afford to do it, but I kind of like my privacy in my bedroom. I don't need some hacker in the Middle East deciding to hack into my cameras and seeing what I am doing when I am doing things. I don't need them checking out me getting into the bathtub or the shower or getting ready for my day. Or knowing how loud I snore. 
Don't need that. Neither do you. You know, and the funny part about it is, if this was any other subject, and you, you may agree with me on this, you may not, if this was any other subject than aliens, there's enough anecdotal evidence to put someone away for life. For life in a court of law. Don't don't you ever scratch your head and wonder, because I do. Don't you ever scratch your head and wonder, you know, why eyewitness testimony holds up in court, yet eyewitness testimony when it comes to ET interactions and abductions and, and contact, and you're all of a sudden playing bloody logo, loco, pardon me. That's what I wonder. Why is it good for one thing, but not good for another? Or for the skeptics, if you get scratches on your body, all of a sudden that's from cats or dogs, or you must have fell out of bed and scraped yourself on your bed frame. Something like that. The people who aren't there always have the best the best answers for why they shouldn't believe you. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. I really do believe that there is a phenomena going on. I believe governments of the world know what's going on, and they're just not ready to admit it. That's what I believe. Maybe you stand in my corner. Maybe you don't. I'm very cool with either way. But when you have contact and you have your, your, those little snippets, these little movies playing in your brain afterwards, or your body doesn't feel right, you know your body better than anyone. Doesn't matter whether you're, you're a chubby guy like me or whether you are a toothpick in size or whether you're seven feet tall or four feet tall. It doesn't matter. What we do know is all sorts of humans are having contact and you know your body better than anyone else. You know when you're not feeling good. You know when you're stressed. You know when you're troubled. You know when you're angry or sad or any emotion that goes along with it. You know if you go to the gym that if you work out too much, you know when you're exhausted. And you also know when something strange has happened to you and you can't explain it. This, these are all signs of why we need to listen to the experiencers a little bit more. Listen to their stories. Listen to what they have gone through and what they can recall. The recalls are short when it happens, but they are detailed. For some reason, we don't get to keep both, or very few actually do. Why are the aliens still taking us? If they have been here for millennia, you'd think they would have collected all the human DNA that they need by now. I don't believe it's an invasion. I don't believe, for the most part, that it's nefarious. 
And if they are studying us, what's the difference between what they are doing to us comparatively to what we do to animals right here on this planet? Whether it's fish, whether it's dogs, monkeys, cats, rats in a laboratory, snakes, horses, pigs, you name it. We're always trying to find out a little bit more. We learn. We're, we're a curious species. Why do you think there's a big push to go to space? We want to know what's out there. It's our final frontier because we'll never get to the bottom of the oceans. The water's too deep and too cold and too pressurized. Space is the final frontier. And we need to know what's out there. And if they end up going back to the moon here very soon, will they tell us if there are craft up there? You know, is there an underground parking lot leading to a restaurant? You know, is there is there some sort of source out there that is is recording what we are doing? Because let's face it, we would be considered probably one of the greatest reality TV shows in the entire solar system. I think so. You know, whether it's the moon or Mars. I was having this conversation, actually, with a friend of mine, Nicole Sackage. We were talking just last night about this, or was it the night before? What happens if they get to Mars? Elon Musk and his dream of putting a million people on Mars and they find creatures there? What do they do? Are they allowed to take guns up there with them just in case? Do you send up the Starship troopers first to make sure there's no giant brain that is controlling these weird creatures to come attack the invading humans? Penny is asking, Dave, would you like to live on Mars? No. It would be cool to visit. I hope it's not like anything like Total Recall, though. I like Earth. There's places on Earth that I would like to see. It's a good planet. You know, we've made some incredible things here. If we don't screw it up, we've made some incredible things here. I would love to go and drink a beer in London or somewhere in England. On one of those cobblestone streets, go to one of those bars that's been around since like the 1700s. I'd like to see the Eiffel Tower. I'd like to see the pyramids of Egypt. I would like to go north and play golf at midnight on a summer day in the Northwest Territories or the Yukon or even Alaska. I'd love to go to Australia, but the damn thing's too surrounded by sharks and all everything on the planet wants to kill you, from koala bears to the spiders and snakes. So I'm still judging that one. Right? 
I mean, you got to have some control. But no, there's a lot of things that I would like to see. There's a lot of mysteries that I would like to check out. I think all of you would like to do that too. Mars would not be on my top of my list for the sake of just that. I got to see what's what's around here first. I got a lot of things I need to do. I need to make sure that Sasquatch comes back to my gifting site next year. Little things. Go chase down Dogman to the east of me. But I am not, not, not going after Ogopogo or anything in the water. That's just freaky. That's just freaky. Not doing that. Our Keith Andrews will be with us uh, shortly here as we are still waiting for him to get his computer back up and running because he's having some computer issues. If not, we will continue and we'll take your questions in the chat room, which is what we can do on a nightly basis. Maybe I'll even put the link up. But for you, do you think going to Mars would be a good idea? Would you go to Mars? Be a good place to uh, come back to. That is for sure. I mean, how do you vacation on Mars? Like, where do you go? They're not going to have any key resorts or anything like that. You know, do they have all inclusives up there? Hey, we have a tennis court. We got cornhole. We got bingo for the old people. And oh, by the way, we have a petting zoo with all the little Zorks and Zeeks running around. I don't know. Is that all inclusive in one price for only $38 million? Here's a question for you with about two and a half minutes to go before we got to go to break. At Family Dollar, we know you want more to enjoy your summer. Delight your family with our great assortment of ice cream and frozen treats. Family Dollar, helping you do more. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. You ever wonder why the prices for space are so high? Like, think about it. You're going to send all the rich people, the extremely wealthy people, I shouldn't say rich, the extremely ugly, wealthy people who can afford to go into space, they're going to go because it's an ego thing. But these are people who've never picked up a hammer. They've never, you know, put hot, hot tar on a roof. They've never picked up garbage. Pretty much have somebody brush their dentures for them. How are they going to survive up there when everything is pampered in their life down here? How are they going to survive? All right, let's check in with our Keith Andrews. Our Keith, how you doing there, buddy? Really annoyed with the computer, but not bad. Right on. You're sounding better and you're looking better, my friend. Well, it's been a long haul. But no, this, this glitch with the computer is exactly why when the estate comes in, I'm going to buy a brand new setup. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. We only have about 90 seconds here to go before we go to break, and I hope I did uh, I did our audience some justice there and just kind of BSing with some topics about experiencers and stuff. You know, Keith, the question did come up, though, from Pam. 
Would you want to go to Mars? Would you want to live on Mars? Actually, they're really nice people. I wouldn't mind it so much. There's not quite so many humans. But no, in all in all fairness, there's there are really neat people. They do live underground, which wouldn't bother me too terribly much. Um, but permanently live there? Probably not. But then I don't like change too much. No, I know you don't. I know you don't. But you know, with the idea that in the next thirty to fifty years, uh, we're probably going to start putting people on Mars, okay, permanently. Yeah. I mean, what could they run into creature-wise there? Are there, you know, the photos we, we get from NASA, that's what we need to judge on, okay? And they show us rocks and barren wasteland, you know, pretty much looking like any typical desert here on the planet. And, you know, what are they going to face here? Are there creatures running around there? There are creatures there that will come out of the sand and take you out without even blinking. I know I know of a couple that are just annoying as all get out. They kind of from a from a terrestrial standpoint kind of look like a manta ray. But they come out of the sand. All right. We're going to leave yeah. it at that Keith because we do have to jump out for a break here. When we return, we're going to fire up our Keith Andrews and the ET connection. Audience questions are encouraged. Put them in capital letters if you're in one of our chat rooms or on Twitter. Spaced Out Radio continues with the second half hour next. All right, Keith, there we go. I'm just going to do a quick rundown of uh, people who are in here uh, because uh, when you... When your computer kind of shut down, I couldn't uh, type hello to everybody. Uh, Thank you, Stephen Finnegan, for that wonderful super chat. I'm about 20 minutes behind in the chat room right now. So uh, please forgive me. I'm going to burn through this. And uh, who else do we have here? Uh, Mr. Graywell, I got your question. And uh, let's see here. Ah, oh, damn it, I hate it when it does that. All right, there we go. Hi, Ozzy Sue, how are you? Applesauce, thanks for coming on in. Vash the Impaler, good to have you here. And who else is joining us? Uh, let's see here. Kathy Evans, nice to see you. Hi, Esmeralda. And Kurt M., and uh, let's see, who else do we have? Zenzabil, how you doing, buddy? Good to have you here. And I am Pam. And I am Pam, by the way. Like, my name tonight is Pam. Uh, let's see, Alien Critter, good to have you back. Bobo, thanks for joining us. And... Digger Dog, good to see you. Invisible Tracker, thanks for coming on in. Hi, Bigfoot Michigan Rob, good to have you here, buddy. And let's see here. Lily Pond, good to see you. Minus 27 right now, Keith. What's it for you? Ow. 
Yeah, I know. I honestly don't know offhand. Give me a sec, I'll give you an answer. Mitchell Darling, good to have you back. We're only at minus nine. Oh, that's child's play. Child's play. I am Pam, by the way. Yes. I am. And let's see. TMI, nice to have you here, my man. And uh, let's see here. Vin Man, good to see you. Oob to Joe's Bane, you've got aliens. Yeah, you do. Paramarv, nice to see you. And uh, let's see here. That's, uh, I'm only a few minutes behind now. Oh, let's see. I am Pam. She's like, nope. I'm like, yep, I am Pam. Uh, let's see here. Penny Van, nice to see you. I feel like I'm in like total slow motion right now. Derek Harsberger, welcome to SOR chat. Uh, let's see here. Who else we have? I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. Sweet Donnie Cho. Good to see you. Super Duke. Super Duke. Nice to have here, Super Duke. Yeah. Judy of Gaul, thank you for joining us. Oh, look at that, Donnie. Keith's hair looks like Dave's hair on a bad day. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. I think that was an insult. Oh, probably. <laughs> Data derivations, good to see you. All right, got that one. I do have some questions lining up. Shan Thero, welcome to SOR chat. Jonathan Horvat, welcome to SOR chat. And uh, underscore Maddie, welcome to SOR chat. I got your question. Uh, Five seconds, please. Yeah. We got one minute overall. Chris Moe in Austria, good to see you. And uh, let's see here. Who else we got? I am Pam. I'm just going to make up a sign during the show that says I am Pam. Dave Gretchen, welcome to SOR chat. I am caught up in the chat room right now. I think I'm going to make a t-shirt that just says I am Pam. That'd be cool. Love you. Love v. Love, how are you? Back. Uh, thank you to Steven, Trisha, and Human Carl for the super chats tonight. We very much appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Nathan Allen, good to see you. And, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to get going here in about 10 seconds. Hi, gorgeous Ronnie over in Spreaker. How are you? And here we go, everyone. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it.
want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by go to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection, as we think the connection is going to hold up tonight. And Keith, thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate it. Well, thank you for for having me, and really thank you for tolerating the uh, tech glitch. Oh, no problem. No problems. Not the first time. Won't be the last. Keith, let's start out with a question. No, certainly not. Let's start out with a question for Mr. Gray Owl here, who is asking, Keith, do you still advise I merely strike up a conversation with a werewolf, or should our paths cross, or should should our paths cross, or should we just battle to the death? Battling to the death is the worst possible option. So, yeah, if you really, if you get the opportunity to talk, you're far better off and you'll live a lot longer. Just that easy. You know, the trick is getting their attention to talk. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Do they even talk? I think werewolves are more telepathic, aren't they? No, they they actually speak their own language. The drawback to it is it's is it's really it's an offshoot of canine which most people have a problem with communication now of course if you run into one in human form they speak whatever language they started with all right let's move on to another question this one coming from mitchell what about collective consciousness towards places like mars or the moon or Whatever. Will, will that help build a sustainable society? Ultimately, yes. If people if people start treating each other like, and when I'm talking about people, I mean every race, every species. When you start treating people as equals, as you treat them the way you desire to be treated, it will enhance the options of connecting with the peoples on Mars and or the ones on the moon. And for that matter, any number of other places. Okay, so how strong is the mind when it comes to new areas like that, like Mars or the Moon? Um, if you're referring to can it, you know, can it stabilize the atmosphere or what have you? That's pushing limits. 
but can it enhance the overall communication lines between the different species? Absolutely it can. There is literally nothing that the human mind cannot recreate. There's a lot that humans won't believe they can accomplish, and that and therein lies the problem. Okay. What about the the thought here that once we populate Mars, that eventually it's going to morph and change the human anatomy so much so that people from Mars will never really ever get to visit Earth because they won't be able to handle it? That is extremely fear-based um, rhetoric. In my opinion, I mean, yes, the atmosphere and, and the environment on Mars will absolutely alter the way people people interact with it. And over generations will undoubtedly alter the physiognomy of the human genome of the human genome. But will it make it so that that the Martokians cannot actually come to Earth? No, Martokians are coming here anyway. They've been coming here for year, for quite frankly, centuries. All right, let's get to another question here from our audience. Let's go over to Mr. Gray Owl again. Uh, our Keith Andrews, are there dog women? Because we always call them dog men, right? <laughs> the answer there is yes, there are. And you're going to love this one, but they tend to be a little more temperamental than the males are. I but then, then again, they happen to be the warriors. They're the ones that are, are the real fighters when when necessity when necessity you know draws up. All right, let's go to Sweet Donnie Cho here. What sort of creatures are on Mars? Martian creatures? Well, I was going to go there, but I figured that worked. A lot of what you look at on Mars are they are and they're either subterranean based or they live under the sand. Okay, and no, because of the fact that they're sensitive to vibrations and what have you, you put a crawler on Mars, they're not going to come up to take a look. Although there are a couple that could come up and just swallow the thing whole, and you lose it, and you lose them with a crawler. You know, the funny thing is when they brought the when they brought to everybody's attention that they had a crawler on Mars just a few years back, to me that would have been great news if they had told us when they got it there in the first place, which was in the mid seventies. Okay. Let's go to No, but they're talking Finish up, please. Go ahead. They they're talking about colonizing Mars. Which is a cute thought until you take into consideration it's already occupied. All right, let's move on. Underscore Maddie would like to know. It looks like he's got a fantastic hair and beard combination, too. Just going to point that out. Do you know of any extraterrestrials, Keith, that have square pupils? I probably won't be able to stay up to find out the answer, but thought I would ask. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. Thank you for the love, Underscore Maddie, and that great hair and beard combination. Very much appreciate that. Oh, Keith is opening up his big book here. I actually got asked that question. That's my thought. 
I actually got asked that question. I don't know if it was by him, but the answer is the Xenons. They are actually a robotic race. As in, they take, they literally take mechanical material and build things that, re- that look like other biological entities. But yes, they they have square square eyes. Weird. More often than not, they have more than one. Or more than two, rather. All right, let's go to the Doug Shelby. He would like to know, Keith, do you think it's possible that ETs caused your tech difficulties with your computer tonight? Technically, is it possible? The answer is yes. But my bioelectric field it has been has been crippling crippling electronics for literally decades. Well then, I'm was, lucky I've never actually grounded a plane with it. Then again, it's not aliens tonight. Nope, not aliens tonight. All right, Mennonite yeah. Abe would like to know: Do the Greys worship a god? The answer there is absolutely yes. And give me 10 seconds, and this is why I wrote this thing in the first place, was because way too many races, way too many variables. So we just go back here. And there we are. Yeah, the Greys actually worship something they call Source. Same idea. Still the creator of all things. Okay, but they absolutely worship a singular god. And yes, there are those greys that think they're better than everybody else and should be worshipped as well. But, you know, that seems to go with corporeal existence. All right. Well, you know, it always surprises me, and I think it probably surprises a lot of people, Keith. And you're not the only one who has mentioned this, by the way. Numerous others have as well, that many of the ET species out there do worship a god of some sort, you know, whether it's the same god we, uh, many people on this planet, myself included, you know, worship is is one thing. I'm just wondering, you know, if that's right throughout the universe. The best I can tell you is of the races I've run into, which is in excess of 100 that I've documented, um, quite frankly, we're looking at the the greater majority of them. Absolutely, they call them by different names, but the attributes that they that they give that they apply to their god are pretty much consistent with ours. Right. Okay. So, is there considering you know the god we believe in here? is supposed to be the Alpha, the Omega, the creator of all, would that be the same God that created them then? Yes. And in their eyes, their God also created them in their God's image. Got it. Got it. All right, let's go to Shan Therrell, first time in our chat room. Thank you for joining us. Are there some aliens in the sea? Absolutely. We can start with the with the um, with the sea elephant, which are down at the bottom of the ocean. If you watch the movie The Abyss, you'll see some of what is really down there. 
whoever whoever did that whoever directed that absolutely had connections all right keith we'll let you take your call because you are still on on uh, duty until the top of the hour our keith andrews and the et connection will go on and i think uh shan just for um just for clarification there there is a lot of study going on right now within the disclosure movement regarding whether or not these UFOs or USOs under uh, C, what what the hell are they called? Unidentified sea objects, whether or not they are bases out there. And many believe that with all the action in hotspots like Catalina Island around uh, California's coast, that there are bases underneath the water. I mean, I if you haven't watched the movie the abyss oh go back to what when when did that come out let's find out when that came out i still love that movie it stars ed harris and uh, who else is in that movie elizabeth mastrantoni businesses need to think beyond today that's why adp uses data-driven insights to design hr solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow hr time Talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. You know, she was amazing in that movie. It came out in 1989 about a, a real intelligent life form underneath. And it was it was just an incredible movie. And, you know, it, it's like this movie to me is like... Flight of the Navigator from Disney in 1986, where this subject matter, the way this movie was created, is so surreal to what we are dealing with today with UFOs, USOs, and everything. And if you want a good look at what what we think and many researchers think is going on, it is the movie The Abyss that we are taking a look at. It's kind of scary. It's kind of weird. Not scary as in a movie, but just the thought that in the ocean, that there may be these craft that are literally miles long sitting on the, in the deepest parts of the, of the ocean as bases, right? It's totally weird. How do you not put up with it? How do you not do it? How are they able 
to go from underwater where many people believe that these USOs have been tracked doing well over 100 knots underwater where the average boat could go maybe 30 knots? How are they doing it? And then taking that exact same craft and shooting right into space. How are they able to manipulate the heaviness and the pressure of water and then just go straight shooting into space like it's nothing? I don't get it. I guess that's part of the fun part. Yes, but if you haven't, and trust me, I'm not really a big movie guy, but if you have a lot of interest in this subject, which I'm sure you do if you're listening, you would absolutely be blown away by spending your weekend watching The Abyss, watching Flight of the Navigator, and going from there. Choose your other movies as well. I don't think, at least I haven't seen a Hollywood depiction of extraterrestrials or ET contact as good since probably the 1980s. And, of course, the classic Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There's some real stuff in there. Real stuff in there. I mean, going back to Flight of the Navigator, it's always interesting with that one because NASA is involved. NASA is involved in that one. It's where a young boy gets taken. He goes back in time, or pardon me, forward in time. And when the craft, which is a biological-type craft, brings him back, it's like eight years later, and his younger brother is now older than him because when David in that movie, yes, the character's name is David, got taken, he was like 12 years old. And he's still 12 when he gets back, but his younger brother is now like 16, 17, somewhere around there. It is way too surreal, way too surreal that that movie when Disney made it, that they did they must have had some help. That's all I'll say. They must have had some help because so much of what we talk to about, and I mean, face it, all of Grant Cameron, my, the legend Grant Cameron's research over the last few years was pretty much all documented in that movie, Flight of the Navigator. From flying the craft, how do you fly the craft? Well, the kid flies the craft when he's learning how to fly it through consciousness. Grant Cameron writes a book about people who fly the craft, and they all say it's consciousness. Then, if you want to add another rock to that chip, Okay, when the child is flying the ship, he is able to take that ship wherever he thinks he can go. Whether it's in the ocean, another USO, whether it's way up in space, whether it's over the Egyptian pyramids, 
or back over the United States, the kid can take it anywhere. And we have missing time. How many people who are experiencers claim missing time? That wasn't really talked about back in the day. What was talked about back in the 70s and 80s and previous to that, even up to today, was people just vanishing, like in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But missing time? I don't recall a movie outside of of The Flight of the Navigator where they went into that. I don't recall that at all. So it's very intriguing to me how realistic that movie is and how over time somebody like Grant Cameron, all of his research and all the paths that he has taken have come down to the same paths as that movie. It's fascinating to me. Absolutely fascinating. As this, uh, we're just waiting for our Keith Andrews to rejoin us here on the ET Connection so we can continue with your questions because that is definitely something that we definitely want to do. If you're in our chat room, what's your favorite ET movie? What is your favorite E.T. movie? I'm curious. Focus on the last 20 years. Has there been a good E.T. Contact E. movie? Outside of maybe Paul, the comedy. Which was hilarious, by the way. Let's see. Predator for YJ. Signs. Yeah, Signs was a good one. Who remembers that in Signs? Oh, yeah. Arrival? I haven't seen Arrival. Mars Attacks? Starman? Laser Blast? Space Odyssey? Yeah, Signs was... Signs tripped me out. Signs really, really freaked me out. Then again, I'm a big M. Night Shyamalan fan. But signs really, really freaked me out because when I had uh, back on this show back in 20, when did I move here? So it'd be 2015 when Carl came back with his buddies, I could hear them communicating in my backyard, just like the movie Signs. We don't have animals around here that make that noise. And I don't have a horse to call. I don't. Galaxy Quest, A Quiet Place, The Daytime Ended, Avatar. I liked Avatar. Yeah, Vin Man in our chat room is like, you never forget that sound. Men in Black. I, I will agree with Ozzy Sue on this one. Men in Black. There's a movie right there about how realistic is that. I just watched the first two parts the other day. Again. 
But, you know, Agent J, when he stares up at the stars and says, you'll never look at the stars the same again, that's a pretty deep line. I think, I think what, you know, with all of us who've had some sort of ET contact, we all wonder about what that is like. We all wonder about what it is all about. Do you trust the stars anymore? Do you trust that what you are seeing just is it going to come down and start circling around you and shooting bright beams of light down on you? That's where it gets interesting. That's where we all want to know our own answers. That's what's hard to believe, too. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection will continue in our number two as Keith's night at work is wrapping up. But here we are getting ready to go for our break at the top of the hour. And we will have some fun. We are going to uh, get to more questions. I may extend this into the third hour because just due to the technical problems and everything that businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. Heart valve disease is more common than you or your doctor may think, especially as you get older. It's serious but treatable with a proper diagnosis. If you or a loved one are experiencing shortness of breath, fatigue, chest tightness or pressure, dizziness or fainting, talk to your doctor and ask for an echocardiogram to get diagnosed early and enjoy your best quality of life. Learn more at askforecho.com. That's ask the number 4 echo.com going on with Keith. I know you guys love him and he loves you just back. We want to make sure we get some more audience questions answered tonight. So we will probably uh, extend that into the third hour. I'll talk to Keith about that. Cut into Tim Senor's time. He's wearing a shirt that looks like he's ready for a picnic. Space Out Radio, the ET Connection. And our Keith Andrews continues when we return for hour number two coming up next. Stay tuned. All right, guys, I'm going to go check on my son here, uh, but uh, we are going to take a quick break. And um, just quickly here, uh, I am scrolling through the chat room, so you don't need to repost your question. Uh and hopefully I'll get them all. If I haven't got to it yet, uh, we will get to them and go from there. So I got to say hi to a bunch of people too. Let me go check on my boy. I'll be right back, guys.
hope we're way behind here on the chat room. I will catch up. And uh, we'll go from there. Keith, you're done for the night now. Keith, can you hear me? Keith, can you hear me? Our Keith Andrews. Earth to our Keith Andrews. Wonderful. Tonight's just turning out to be a power show. All right, 12 seconds left here. Here we go, guys. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Abazo. Abazo is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our show with our Keith Andrews continues right now with the ET connection as Keith comes in and asks audience questions, everything about extraterrestrials, ET contact, and everything in between. Keith, welcome back. Well, thanks for the patience today, and thanks for having me. Keith, I'm going to get you to Talk turn about your, a twist I'm going to get you to turn your speaker down because we are getting a, a little bit of feedback from your line here. And if I can figure out how to do that, I'll be more than happy to accommodate. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to, buddy. Okay, how's that work? Yeah, we're still getting feedback from you, Keith. Uh, you might have your YouTube chat on uh, or the YouTube volume on your screen. We got to get going here, man. Oh, might be the problem. Okay, killed the problem. All right, thank you, my friend. I actually shut that off. All right, let's go to Sandra here as we continue with audience questions. Sandra says, in Canada, or is Canada like a safe spot for ETs, or would another country be more suitable? Depends on the ET. The Swazazians are, are dug in here rather nicely, and they're quite comfortable. There are a few other races that have come through here, but in all fairness, it's not actually safer or worse than any other country to speak of. 
it just draws a different a different race a different species okay let's go to penny van if there are martians why would they allow us to even live there well they're not actually bad people you know they're decent neighbors really when you think about it and as long as you don't go about destroying what they've already got they're quite congenial problem is if mankind decides to do on on mars what mankind is doing on earth mankind's going to find it a very inhospitable planet and it'll have nothing to do with the weather oh very true very true i i Want to stop engine problems before they start? Pick up a can of Seafoam Motor Treatment. Seafoam helps engines start easier, run smoother, and last longer. Trusted by millions every day, Seafoam is safe and easy to use in any engine. Just pour it in your fuel tank. Make the proven choice with Seafoam. Available everywhere automotive products are sold. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, First of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. I really appreciate that. Okay, well, you know, the beings that are on Mars, I'll throw this one in there. The beings that are on Mars right now, are they more or less understanding that we are coming? Oh, they're very aware you're coming. They're very aware that humans are on their way. And they are already educating their own kids on how to deal with them which is why when mars hits its closest point you'll find more ufo sightings by almost three times the amount it's what's called a field trip okay where are they parking their uh, ships the Martokians. try that again where are they parking their ships uh usually they don't park but if you've ever seen it, if you've ever seen uh, the Martokian ships look like a standard disc, okay, um, with a bubble on the top. Okay. I mean, if you take a look at, if you look back to the old Bugs Bunny cartoons, you remember Martian, the, uh, Mar- uh, what was it, Martin the Martian? Marvin the Martian, yes. Marvin, there we go. Okay, remember the ship he had? Yes. Essentially, they had it right. Except for the fact the top didn't pop off it. 
But if they're going to touch down, it's usually somewhere out of out of sight of of primary primary residencies. All right, let's move on to a new question here. Let's go to Corey, who is asking, "What is really happening on the surface of the moon? Is it a mining operation?" It's a way station, as far as the off-worlders go. Okay, if you go to the moon, and this is going to sound really wonderful, there is about, as near as I can figure, I like, I don't know the actual measurement, but there's a real thin layer of atmosphere on the moon today. But when I'm talking thin, I'm talking in, in under a quarter inch from the, from the ground. Okay, now the off-worlders use the moon as a way station. Okay. Humans, on the other hand, are using it as an anchor point to start drawing an an asteroid in geosynchronous orbit around the moon in order to build an actual interstellar star base, like as a, a, a starship construction site. You'll see that in about 70 years. Sure we will. If any of us... Well, you may have a problem with it. Yeah. And that would be the hiccup. Many of your listeners are not likely to see it. That kind of sucks, you know, thinking about that. That's why I don't think about it. I just try and figure out how to make, how to make it to my 137th birthday. That would be nice. That would be nice. Okay, let's go to another question. Ray Finn is asking, how many races right now are on the moon, Keith? Not a clue. No way counting them. They are constantly, the newcomers to the area touch in at the moon. They does have a, they do have a, okay, so when new races that are coming into the area show up, they check in at the, at the hub and then carry on. But it's a constant ebb and flow. So when you say a check-in, is that like much like what we see on the movies Men in Black, where the aliens have to check in when they arrive on Earth for their vacation? A little less cartoony, but yes. And why would that be? So again, so the members of the consortium can make sure, so the officials of the consortium can ensure that the new arrivals know the guidelines they're operating under. Because, see, they've got, the the consortium has a real simple solution. If a new race comes in and they don't warn them, they don't have viable reason to go solve the problem permanently. Because if a new race comes into the area and decides to, to attack Earth, the consortium has a simple rule. Go back to that race's homeworld. Okay, they're the home of their, of their primary government the home of their secondary government and the home of their tertiary government and blow all three of them to pieces to ensure the people that authorized the war, authorized the attack were, were removed along with their influences. Okay. Let's move on to another question. Let's go to human Carl, not to be confused with alien Carl. And Keith is familiar with alien Carl. Keith, 
The frequency 1.6 gigahertz seems to have something to do with high strangeness. Can you shed some light on this? As near as I've been able to piece together, 1.6 gigahertz seems to run completely, completely in conjunction with with their communication lines, which is why you end up with the cross current. Kind of, essentially, it's kind of like lighting up a beacon so they can find you. But that seems to be the easiest way to put it. Of course, we are talking about one, 1. 1.6 gigahertz when you're dealing with radio wave. When you're dealing with sound wave and with magnetics, you're dealing with two different, with two other levels. Like, what are those? Well, well, when you're dealing with the magnetics, okay, if you start looking at the lower magnetic levels, you're starting to look at the way to communicate telepathically, which can really get the attention. Uh, and I know magnetics and tele- telepathy aren't supposed to go together, but actually they do quite nicely. Okay, but when you're looking at 37.4 magnets, 37.4 microhertz okay on the magnetic wave you're looking at a telepathic uplink okay which makes it possible to communicate but most humans don't realize they can pull that off now I don't honestly know the the decibels that you work with or the wavelength as far as the sound waves go All right, let's move but on. But I do know... That, okay, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I do know that there are races that use gra- gravitons and the photons as ways of communication. And for that matter, lumions. But, you know, we could go a lot further into that and get really sidetracked. All right, let's go to YJ Overlander. When ETs cause missing time or take you for a checkup, do they intentionally leave any clues for you to see? Actually, they intentionally try and hide them to disrupt as much of them to disrupt to disrupt your life as little as possible. But without causing brain damage, there's only so much they can hide. Okay. So what? Okay, so. Is that why they give us screen memories of what's gone on? Yes. Because their intention is to take the to take the fluids or to take the data that they collect, whether it's fluids, whether it's your behavior when interacting with other people or what have you. They would rather you question if that's a dream than have quantifiable proof, which can absolutely throw somebody's life right into a spin. So they don't technically actually cause missing time. Uh, okay. They simply, their interaction simply disrupts it. Disrupt your, your understanding of time. Or your gauging of it, if you will. Kind of like dropping into a coma. Let's go to David. Keith, how am I unable to connect to any other life form? 
in all likelihood there, Dave, you, you probably are connecting only because it's on a very subtle level. You may well be chalking it up to your imagination. It may not be a lack of connection at all. Trying too hard? Essentially trying to quantify is more to the point. Trying to, if you will, cubbyhole the experience or cubbyhole the communication to uh, to a recognized form. And all all ETs do not communicate in a recognized form. At least not for most people. All right, let's continue on. Let's go to Shiro, who is asking, are these sand creatures on Mars just like the movie Dune? Only some of them. Dune was actually quite nicely done from that standpoint. But when you're talking, if I recall correctly, the ones he's referring to are the worms. They're not the only ones, but they do exist. And this is what I meant by the fact that they can come up and, you know, you take a small one of those, they'll take a crawler out of the out of operation in a heartbeat. Okay. Well, let's continue on here, Keith. And let's go to David again. How can I connect with my higher self, Keith? Well, the simplest is forget you don't know how. I know that sounds odd, but about it, okay, then you can do it. If you forget you don't know how, by definition, you automatically recall. Because your higher self is seated smack in the middle of your, of your subconscious, the link to it is. Okay, problem that you may be running into is if you're heavily if you're heavily focused on the logical side, then connecting with something that feels a little strange will be and understand how that differs. And the trick to connecting with it is not to question how it works. So it's a question of learning how to how to accept what you're picking up and run with first feeling which takes a little thing to right all right let's continue on here keith let's go to sweet donnie cho you know the other thing that you can find a comfortable place where wake yeah keith your computer is starting to go a little wonky again uh absolutely so um Let's try and uh, continue. You're pretty frozen on our on our screen here. There, it's just updated. All right, let's go to Donnie here. What if planets and stars are living things and are therefore gods that the extraterrestrials understand and interface with? Uh, first and foremost, the planets and stars are living things, and they have their own belief in gods. Okay, they are simply a larger entity than most of the other races. Because the planets are living, the, the actual race of most planets are Kaboran. But not every planet is a Kaboran. 
Okay, but they believe in, in a single God they refer to as the prime originator. All right, let's continue on. We have five minutes to go until the commercial break. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Shan wants to know, what if I found something? Who would I tell? Well, that's an excellent question. Because, frankly, I don't know. I mean, I'm always ears, but I am not a scientific researcher. Quite frankly, Dave is probably your best bet. Because if he isn't connected to somebody, you may run into a problem finding somebody that can sort it out. It's the best way I can put it. Sorry to drop that one in your lap, Dave, but... (laughs) That's all right. Let's move on to baby boy. Do aliens astrally project? Some of them, yes. Some of them actually live on the astral plane. And then you have some that will telepathically project or luminously project, as in send a photo image of themselves to wherever they're going. Like, there's a lot of different ways of getting from one planet, from one location to another. But yes, they do. The ones that astrally project still have to follow the same guidelines and the same rules, if you will, rules of astral travel that humans have to follow. Let's move on to voices. Keith, do unicorns exist? And if so, where do they live? In what you you guys know as Hollow Earth. And yes, they are very real. And even if you look at the mythological abilities of them, uh, the mythological abilities are actually understated. But there are, you know, you've got your unicorns, you've got your pegasi, and you've even got your pegacorns. And as you can well imagine, that boils down to a hybrid between the two. All right, let's continue on, Keith. Let's go to Paramarv. Do the aliens have any sort of timeline for officially establishing contact despite the best efforts of the U.S. government? Well, they've already done it despite the best efforts of any government. You know, but are they are they set? Are they intent on coming down and going? Oh, here's a great big ship. Take a look. We are here. No. Okay, they've already made contact. They started with contact with multiple different different org- uh, different governments. When that didn't work out quite that well, they went to major corporations. When that didn't work out all that well, they started going to the unknowns. You know, to the individual. Okay, in order to let people know they are here, and no, they are not here in any functional capacity to overtake Earth or to straighten out Earth's mass. They are here to observe the the socioeconomic evolution of of a race that is on the verge of making it back into orbit. You know, making it back into into travel into interstellar travel. So they've already made contact in their timeline. 
They're just being very cautious not to destroy your timeline, your evolution at the same time. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Grantavius. How can we converse with E.T. then? Well, from my standpoint, I just talk to them face-to-face. But telepathically can work. Many people I've talked to refer to something called downloads. Okay. Um, Quite often you'll get them through images in dreams or waking dreams. Okay, as in walking around, looking, and seeing something that doesn't quite quite fit and making contact in that fashion. You know, the ironic part about it is that it's more a question of whether you feel like you're making contact or not. The quantifying of it is is the complicated part. All right, let's sneak in one more question here, Keith. From Jenny. Our Keith, I wish the aliens would start broadcasting a monthly broadcast on Earth history. Any chance they would do it? Technically, chance, yes. Is it likely I wouldn't hold my breath? Because mankind has to discover how much of its own history has been has been corrupted and how much of it hasn't. But they've got to do it on their own line. Because at this point, mankind isn't going to take it as factual anyway. Gotcha. All right, R. Keith, you hold on. We got you for another 30 minutes. We're going to try and extend this as well. The ET Connection with R. Keith Andrews happens at the beginning of each month. Where we bring in Keith to answer your questions, all things extraterrestrial. We appreciate you tuning us on in. Space Out Radio continues right after this. All right, we're clear. I have shut everything off except this one program. Okay. Uh, Keith, uh, you can just converse with the audience. Uh, I'm just going to, I've got all the questions uh, preloaded here. Uh, Because of the tech errors, especially that first half hour, do you want to stay on a little bit longer? Yeah, I have no problem with that. All right. I'm just going to go check on my boy. I'll be right back, okay? Absolutely. All right. Okay, guys. Things have been, to say the least, problems and problematic today. And for that, I do sincerely apologize. Not that I can do anything about it. But Dave will will get to as many of the questions as possible. You know, I'm trying to watch the, but the only the only program I'm running right now is through the is through the YouTube live feed here. Okay, and that doesn't work and that isn't as consistent as I would like. But I've had to shut every program down. The other thing is I mentioned it a little earlier. Tomorrow, just for those of you that have questions that we don't get to, I will be going live on YouTube to myself on our Keith Andrews at four thirty PST. You know, and, you know, the reality of it is there is not much of a, um, you know, the, the reality of it. Oh, what do we got here? <laughs> you know, the, the reality of communication with off-worlders. You know, the re- I, number one, uh, have been, I've been asked how I can prove it and I can't. 
I've got a staggering amount of corroborate. Want to stop engine problems before they start? Pick up a can of Seafoam Motor Treatment. Seafoam helps engines start easier, run smoother, and last longer. Trusted by millions every day, Seafoam is safe and easy to use in any engine. Just pour it in your fuel tank. Make the proven choice with Seafoam. Available everywhere. Automotive products are sold. Vacations are supposed to be easy, right? Lots of stress-free time spent on the beach with a drink in hand, making memories that will last a lifetime. So booking a vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. They offer easily bookable vacation packages with exclusive nonstop vacation flights to your favorite vacation destinations. Explore deals to top-rated resorts like Ryu Hotels and Resorts and plan your vacation with ease. It's like turning on easy mode. Get started at applevacations.com today evidence from other people okay that have witnessed have witnessed my abductions they've witnessed the my relocations I had one person actually witnessed my actual physical return from an abduction on that day they actually missed the bed which was not nice of them I dislocated my knee on the landing you know but I know for an absolute certainty that my life is an abs is an absolute nightmare where it comes to reality per se. But here's the other side of it, uh, okay? And that is this funny little book that we brought up before, the Elderbachian Chronicles. In the in this series, I cover like in the in races of the worlds, I cover the the if you will encyclopedic re- rendition of the different races. But many of the races that I cover in Races of the Worlds, okay, is also cover are covered from an emotional standpoint or social interaction standpoint in the stories as well. Now, I mean, the, the questions that I've seen come through here are just absolutely remarkable. Yeah. And one thing I do want to let you guys know is there is literally there are very few questions that get qualified as stupid questions. Okay, but there are some. If I don't have an answer, I'll just tell you flat out I don't. That's what we love about you, my man. Uh, big thank you tonight to Vaughn, to uh, our lower mainlander, Matrim, Sweet Donnie Cho for a hat trick, David, Stephen, Trisha, and Human Carl. Thank you so much for the love, guys. Very much appreciate it. Really helps out what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Hi, Penman. For some reason, he likes that. And still getting more questions for you, Keith. Yeah. Still getting more. That's okay. I'll leave the questions in your department. Uh, Human Carl wants to know, are you going live at 4.30 Pacific a.m. or p.m.? Oh, my apologies. It'll be p.m. Pacific. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I'm usually, if my throat holds out, I'm usually on for a couple hours. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome! Well, I finally figured out a time I could say, yes, I'll be clear at this point, so I figured, what the heck? You kept telling me to find one, so I'm blaming you for it. All right. (laughs) 
Uh, little Timmy Senor, we see you sitting in the background. Do you want to join us or do you want to just wait? Hold on. You want to join us or you want to wait? Hold on, I got you on mute. No, no, you got yourself on mute. Ah, oh, he ain't mute. Yeah, no, I'm happy to jump in with you guys if you'd like me to. Of course, if you want, uh, you're more than welcome. Uh, we got like uh, sure. we got like seven seconds. We're gonna carry Keith over to the next half hour or two because of the first half. Here we go, everyone. Awesome. How you doing, Tim? Doing great. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We pass a halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Our resident Timbit, little Timmy Senor, has joined us as well. So we're hanging on out, taking your questions, talking all things extraterrestrial. And here we go, Keith. We got more questions from our audience coming right up right now. Let's start Absolutely. off. Let us start off with Matrim. Matrim is asking: Do Martians and Terrans share souls? Absolutely not. And now, don't get me wrong. When a Martian dies, it may it, it may choose to take on a Terran form and vice versa. Okay, but they don't actually share them per se. You know, it's just another life form that a, that a soul may take on. In all fairness, some souls decide they're going to take on the take on life as a Kaboran, as an actual full size planet. Okay. You ready? But it's not technically speaking a sharing. But could you not reincarnate? Say, if you're a human this lifetime, could you not reincarnate next lifetime into a Martian? Absolutely, and this is why I was referring to by sometimes one will one one species will pass away, and then choose to to manifest in in a Terran body. All right, Brown Dwarf is wondering: Are aliens here in parasite form? Some. How was that for a cut and dried answer? Um, just uh, the Archons. That's what it is. The Archons actually, when when they show up on Earth, they are the side. They are a microscopic parasite. Okay, the, as they evolve, they take on larger hosts, or they come into full form, and eventually they end up leaving Earth. By the time they reach full adulthood, they are larger than planets. So yeah, you do have some parasites that are some off world off worlders that start off 
their incubation is done in a Terran in a Terran form, like in a in a Terran host. Now understand these same people, these same races, will turn around and use other species as host as host organisms as well. All right. Let's continue on here. Let's go to Crystal, who is asking, are the seven foot grays the same species as the four foot grays? Uh, not exactly. No, well, no, correction. Not at all. Because the four your three to four foot grays are your scientists. Your controllers are four and a half to five and a half. But the seven foot ones are your Aldebarons. Okay. They, they quite often get mistaken as a gray, but they're not. Just different species. But they're not actually. A, try that again. Could you call them like a, a cousin species? Well, you can call them just about anything you wanted to. Um, you know, there are similarities to them, but they aren't descended from the same from the same line. All right, let's continue. James is asking. Did Earth have two moons at one time early? Well, as long as we go way, way back, the answer is yes. But one of them, it's not so much it was destroyed as somebody decided accidentally ended up essentially playing pool with it and it left. As in another meteor coming into the area and just popped it out of out of orbit and the thing took off. But if you're asking, did moon, did Earth have a moon while, have a second moon while mankind was walking around? Not from anything I've seen. Let's go to voices. Keith, what do you think about the idea that reincarnation is ultimately a trap and that we get tricked into coming back to Earth by evil entities called Archons and the Demiurge? Um, well, there are impolite ways of putting it but whoever is passing that information in my personal opinion you might want to ask if they want a shovel or a backhoe because nobody's tricked into coming back here and it's certainly not an evil action you know people are given the option when you go to reincarnate you get to pick where you want to go Do you really? I'm still trying to figure out why I chose here, but... Because Tim well, actually, wants, I know. Timmy here wants to come back as a Timbit. So... I'm just going to leave that alone completely. All right, let's go to Mr. Gray Owl. Uh, are the giant owls female? If so, they are hot. <laughs> no, giant owls can be absolutely anything, can they not? Well, they can be male or female, Absolutely. Uh, the Uka are the are the um, the Uka are an alien race that looks very similar to Terran owls, and they would appear as giant owls. You know, I mean, if you think about it, the great horned owl is three feet tall. The Uka are on average about four to four and a half, and yes, they are flyers. The only difference is they don't use just their claws for combat. What do they use their claws for? Oh, no, they use their claws for combat. They just have weapons as well. All right, let's continue on here. 
Let's go to Shan. I heard they, being the aliens, are coming next year from a prediction. Would they come for nuclear war? If mankind decides to get to the point of lighting up an actual global nuclear war, you can virtually guarantee the off-worlders will shut the nukes down. If it's just a nuclear test or a single nuclear missile, they won't do anything with it because they're here to protect the planet, not the species. And if you guys want to blow yourselves out of the map and call it a way to peace, well, you'll find out the hard way it doesn't work that way. But as long as it's not going to da- going to kill the, the planet itself, who I know as Esau and you know as Mother Earth, as long as it's not going to kill her or her children outright, they'll leave it alone because nuclear, nuclear energy is a, ne- a necessary stepping stone before you get to fusion reactors, which are necessary before you get to the OT drive. And you guys will eventually get there. I mean, heck, you got there 40,000 years ago. It's only fair you get back there. Why not? All right, let's move on to James, who is asking, I'd like to switch my question to, have you heard of a huge horned owl's like bigger than the size of people? Once in a while, the answer is yes. But that's kind of like seeing a human that's eight feet tall. Okay, they're a rarity. And of course, what you might be looking at, if you don't look at it right, is there are other races that are that are airborne. Okay. But let us not forget about the other thing you might be dealing with. There are races that can that can that can create a a um, a mental image to make you think you're looking at something a whole lot bigger. They're not actual shapeshifters. What they are is telepaths. Okay, I guess we can accept that. Let's go to Vaughn. Keith, you're saying the Middle Earth exists. Who is there? Or what is there? Many of what you know as ancient races, okay, such as your Elfid, your Dwarves, the Minotaurs, which are also known as, which are actually known as the Gron. Okay. Many of the of the um of the mythological beings as we discussed earlier, like your unicorns, do exist there. And the amount of carnivorous plants down there is just insane. You know, so I mean, there, there's a staggering number of different elementals that live there, as in earth, water, and air. Well, correction, earth, water, and fire. Ultimately, if it's weird, it probably lives down there. All right. All right, let's move on here to another question. From Michael Fontaine, do aliens like candy? Um, Some of them. I get a kick out of the Teclex. They like candied humans. But that's another issue altogether. But yeah, some, some do like their, their sweets. 
You know, if you talk to the Orions or the Venusians, they do like their sweets. They do like the things of man. They're very, they're very centrally oriented. All right, let's go to Super Ron, who wears a cape day and night. Do the aliens take wildlife? Absolutely. They also take plant life and soil samples and water samples, etc. How come we I even get kicked out of them? Hmm? How come we don't see a lot of deer or bear mutilations the way we do with cattle and horses? Shock value. In other words, they pick up a they pick up a deer or they pick up a bear. Okay. They'll do what they have to and throw it down, but out in the woods, wildlife will clear it out just like that. When you're dealing with cattle mutilations, fortunately the cattle the cattle ranchers tend to come across them pretty quick. Because most of the cattle ranchers are pretty responsible people. Spend too much time around cattle as far as I'm concerned, but I don't like cattle. <laughs> you know. okay, let's, but that'd be why you don't see a lot of them leftovers. Let's go to Aaron or AA Ron, not too sure. Are we the only higher life form that dreams? No. Every every high advanced life form that I'm aware of dreams in their own way. And for exactly the same reason. Their curiosity triggers looking into the higher realms. And the dream state enables you to access them. Because you're, when you're asleep, your logical brain goes on hold and the creative one reaches out to do the sorting. And every one of the higher races that I'm aware of dreams. You know, even, and I'm talking about all the way from your Kaborans, you know, your Kaborans and your Archons, all the way down to the spear knocked in and smaller. But yeah, they all have dreams. They all have some, you know, all, every race has some amount of extrasensory perception. Okay, that they see as extrasensory because it it goes beyond what they're used to. All right, let's continue on here, Keith. Let's go to Jenny. Our Keith, have you finished painting your alien figures? Oh heavens no. I mean, in all fairness, let me let me show you here. This one I can do real quick. This is only one of about thirty or forty boxes that I've got. You see how full I see the number there? Well, here, take that off. So what are we looking at, Keith? We do have a radio audience. Oh, that's a good point, too. I've got buckets of these little figures that are only like an inch tall. Okay. And all of them come in unpainted. I've got, roughly speaking, about 500 or so of them to do. So, no, they are definitely not all completed. My apologies for that, Dave, and to the audience for that matter. No problem. No problem. All right, let's continue on here, Keith. Let us go. Let us go to him. Uh, <laughs> I love this question. Are there any books on successful techniques 
for hitting on alien space babes? That I'm aware of, no. But then, of course, I've never gone looking for them. But the best way to learn, the best races to look to from that standpoint, if you're really interested, would be the Orions or the Venusians. Okay. Now, of course, you can always look into trying to date Nanjolis. Very passionate people. Whether we're talking about on the dating side of it or on the war side of it. Either way, they're very passionate. By the way, do not do not pick a fight with Angelus, because they've got no problems about taking you for a flight and letting go of you. And my guess is humans don't fly well. They don't land that well either, by the way. It all depends if we're tossed. No, that's when they call it a salad. And that would be the tech lack. Jairo wants to know, how can we communicate with them? It boils down to when you do come across them, first and foremost, treat them like they are just another person. Okay, regardless of what they look like, treat them the way you desire to be treated. Some of them will communicate verbally. Most of them understand some sort of sign language. And I don't mean American sign language. You know, where you'll have to go through hand, you know, hand movements and what have you, hand gestures to, to, get an, to get an idea across. But most of them, most of the ones that you'll run into here, you can communicate with. You just have to realize that some will take offense to things in a real hurry. Same as some humans will take offense to things in a real hurry. All right, let's continue on here. Go to another question, this one from Voices. Keith, do you suspect that Tim, down below, is a reptilian in disguise? Well, that one I will leave to your own discretion. Don't take that the wrong way, Tim. But there's one thing I learned a long time ago, and I've mentioned this before. Even if I had an inkling one way or the other, I wouldn't be telling you. That would be up to, to Tim to disclose to anybody or for him to decide if he wants to go and pretend to play the part of lab rat, he's more than welcome to it. <laughs> That's one way to put it. One way to put it. All right, let's continue on here. Our Keith Andrews, ET Connection. We've got about five and a half minutes, Keith. Derek is asking, do the ETs ever compete in any type? Want to stop engine problems before they start? Pick up a can of Seafoam Motor Treatment. Seafoam helps engines start easier, run smoother, and last longer. Trusted by millions every day, Seafoam is safe and easy to use in any engine. Just pour it in your fuel tank. Make the proven choice with Seafoam. Available everywhere automotive products are sold. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, First of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. 
you're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Sports or something like that? Oh, absolutely. My first trip up onto up onto a starship had me had me actually um, playing what amounted to zero G wall ball. They also have there are also some very violent sports. Um, the vegans play a game similar to similar to football, with the sole exception that they're when they go to tackle you, they try and break every bone in your body. Or tear your arm off to get the to get the the ball, you know, and then they carry on, you know, and there are a lot of a lot of warrior type games where dead warriors in the middle of, of training, well, that just means they weren't good enough to go to war anyway. Okay, let's continue on. Go to pure Aussie gold. When is Nibiru coming back? Well, frankly, it's already inbound. Um, That being said, I can't give you an arrival date, but I can tell you this. It's not a planet. It's a ship. Granted, it's the size of a planet, but it's a ship. And the way you know that is because if it were a planet cutting through our solar system, our solar system from from gravimetric pull would tear itself apart. A ship can counteract via technology and or other methods, can counteract that magnetic pull or that gravimetric pull, if you will. Net result, safe to come back. But they're already inbound. James would like to know, what's the spelling of that owl race you mentioned? The Uka or something like that? H-O-O-K-A. Just the H is silent. All right, we'll move on. Let's go to Nicole. Keith, why do different colored orbs invoke different feelings in humans? Example, the blue ones associated with extreme happiness or even being described as orgasmic. That is because the different and the different um, color wavelengths elicit different biochemical reactions in the human genome. It's not an intentional thing on their part as far as that goes. They're looking more at rank, okay, at rank or positioning. The fact that it affects humans is a side effect. Okay, so why do we have such a hard time believing in orbs? Well, because we have a hard time in believing about everything else. Humans want quantifiable proof. They've been taught that trusting your instincts is a bad idea. As a matter of fact, if you think back to the witch hunts, most of the people that were burned at the stake or killed or whatever 
were people that trusted their instincts and subsequently got taught otherwise. All right, let's but move that's on. that's why people have trouble. Two minutes, Keith. Two minutes. Sure. Sort of Penny. Keith, are there any alien races that are lovely to look at or are most frightening to see at first? Well, the to, lovely to look at, I think the best looking, in my opinion, would be the, the Venusians if we're looking at off-world races or the elephant. The ancient elephant are a phenomenal race. Really frightening to look at. The Moldocks, especially if, they're, if they've got their mouth open, are absolutely terrifying. You know, any of the reptilian races over the eight-foot mark are going to be frightening. And, of course, I think one of the worst ones that you'll look at are the Shadow Walkers. You would know the Shadow Walkers as vampires. Okay, and any one of the Terrian tropes is going to scare the heck out of people. All right. I think that's the easiest way to put it. I think we got time for one more. Let's go to Shan. So do you think we would embrace the aliens coming if they did, or st- or would we start shooting at them? Oh, that's a proven fact. Humans on the whole will open fire and then ask if they're, if they're, if they're friendly. Amazingly, aliens don't like being shot at any more than humans do. Yeah, that just doesn't seem like... A very good idea. Doesn't seem like not a very usually. Good idea. No. All right, Keith. We're going to wrap up this segment here as we are about to go to break. We're going to hold you over for a little bit in the next half hour after Swamp Dweller, and then little Timmy Senor is going to jump in here with some questions, maybe as well for you. And then we'll take on the UFO report from there till the top of the hour. A busy, busy final half hour of Spaced Out Radio, coming up with the ET Connection and our Keith Andrews, continuing right after this. Hope you're enjoying yourself tonight. I know I am. This is why Keith is the conductor of the Wu Train, because we are rolling, rolling, rolling. Absolutely. Enjoy the show, everyone. Hour three of Spaced Out Radio with our Keith Andrews, Tim Senor, and myself, Dave Scott, is next. All right, we're clear, boys. I'll be right back. I'm just going to go check on my son. Okie doke. Timmy, you can turn your mic on and talk with Keith if you want. Okay. Sounds good. How are we doing, Tim? I'm doing great. So is that from an RPG game that you have those figures you're painting? Yeah. See, I've been playing D&D on average of twice a week since 1976. Excellent. And right. so do you play online with buddies? Who has the yep. who plays Dungeon Master? I play Dungeon Master for one, but we're tabletop gamers still. Oh, so you oh, do you play at your house? Yes. That's awesome. And you're the DM. I'm the DM for one of the games. A buddy of mine is the DM for the other one. That's awesome. I had so much fun with that in high school and junior high. I was all over it. It's been a long time. Yeah, but- I started I'm, I found out about it in December of 70, in Christmas of 75. And by June of 76, I was playing full time. Full time. Wow. It's, it's fun to create the maps and like get into all the modules and the character development. It's just so much fun. 
Idiot. And be- before computers, right? I think I had a VIC-20 back in the day before even Apple was developed. But See, it was really... You had what? I had a Trash 80. There you go. Mm-hmm. Good times. But yeah. before there was any computers or computer games, it was all about the tabletop games. I think I was into Axis and Allies, too. I didn't actually get into that, but I did get into Aftermath. Okay. I never yeah. played that one. It's, post, it's post-apocalyptic. Cool. The funny thing is, these books, mm-hmm. the, the stories themselves come out of my own memories or out of actual games that, that people have built. They like have played like characters that other people built or myself for that matter. So did you start having contact as a kid? Birth. Wow. And so were your parents aware of it and talk about it? Well, that was funny part. All my life, my parents told me I was completely nuts and needed serious help Hmm. on my dad's deathbed. He, he literally confirmed everything. And he says, look, I owe you an apology. He says, all your life, your mom and I have tried convincing you you were nuts. Right. He says, but everything you've gone through, the, the post-death experiences, the psychic phenomenon, the alien abductions, all of it Did he is give you absolutely a reason? real. Did he give you a reason why they chose to let you believe and lead absolutely. you to think? What was his reasoning behind their decision to do that? Small town, military base. Dad was in the military in high-level security. Psh, enough said. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, and let's not forget the fact that I was in the middle of a Bible Belt in B.C. Okay. Picture what the problem was? <laughs> you, that, that was the quickest short answer I've ever gotten that could have gone long. That was a great answer. Up. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, And so was the phenomenon just happening to you or was it a family occurrence? Do you think it was because you were near a military base? Any thoughts on how Uh, the the exact location as to what caused it? I don't know. As for were any of my of my siblings involved, I won't say. Okay, much like I much like I told the person asked about you. That's for other people to disclose about themselves. Totally. Understood there. Cool. Um, okay. And so you're, you, you don't know if any of the attraction to you or your family could have been due to the military connection. Is what oh, I know that some of it was. I just don't know what started it. Right, right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, spent, I spent three years heavily involved with my lab. Military laboratories. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's that's a new thing to me. I don't know very much about. Could you briefly explain what that would be? You've heard of the of the super soldier program that they said started in the nineteen forties. Yeah, I have heard started. of that. Okay, and it still continues to this day. For me, in two in three years, I watched one hundred and ninety seven of my friends, all kids, get murdered in front of my eyes in order to try and trigger my higher senses. It worked with a vengeance. I ended up being murdered because of it. So is, is there, did you see the film men who stare at goats? Yes. How did you feel about that? Did that, did that ring true to you in any moments? 
Um, Pi, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I think I watched it back in the late 70s, early 80s sort of thing and haven't seen it since. But yeah, it is it is accurate in the essence of it. So interesting to think that <laughs> we'd allow that to happen. We've it's incredible. It's amazing what mankind is allowed. Absolutely. Jerry M. Yeah. Danowski, how are you? Welcome to SOR Chat. Uh, let's see here. Who else is here? Came in late. Very briefly, uh, Keith, what's your favorite character's name in D&D? That you've, let's say your oldest character, maybe, because you probably had one for years. Well, I've had two. J.G. Uh, Wolfstround I played out of Aftermath. Shadowhammer was a dwarf I played in D&D. But the funnest one is actually one that accidentally ended up in my books by the name of, of Thunder Sawgrass. That's great. All right. Sorry, guys. Got to cut you off there. Thank you so much to Carl, Tricia, Stephen, David, uh, Donnie times three, Matrim, Vaughn, and Pam for the super chats. Thank you to everybody who's hit subscribe. We're trying to get to 20,000 before the end of the year. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Abazo. Abazo is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the R. Keith Andrews ET Connection. But first, before we bring Keith back on, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Hey, Swamp Dweller. With fall setting in and hunting season upon us in big sky country Montana, there's always something to be had. Our elk hunt started 1st of September, and with that, my family takes it seriously as we love the game and hunt along with stories and memories shared. This year was a bit different. My cousin and I were about six miles in our collective nine-mile hike, and we had what I would put as an encounter. But as any elk hunter would know, the terrain comes at a cost, and with this year's price, we were a little shaken up. 
As we were hiking through the thick brush and steep shell rock terrain, we took a quick break. We were having a late day snack and my cousin decided to let off some bugles for fun. Well, the sound that came back to us was more than off-putting. We heard what sounded like an elk bugle at the beginning, which turned into a dog-like, maybe even human-like scream. We were shocked, so my cousin decided to make another attempt at communicating, and lo and behold, right after this next bugle, the noise came again, but it was much closer. When you're in the thick of it, and a bugle comes through, it's usually less than 100 yards away, as obstruction with trees and brush distorts sound travel. So we decided to hike toward the noise as I was sure this had to be some sort of beast we've never seen before. We expected some response and wanted it. Well, we expected something else, I'd say. But as all the other levels have proven, when you're in the area of the supernatural, all ambience noise is void, and you are hyper alert. We ended up hiking out with no more issues besides being shaken up and full of adrenaline and hopeful stories of us being able to spot something, but it was uneventful and fruitless. I'm not sure what we heard that day in the woods. Maybe it was just some sort of elk, but maybe it had some sort of health condition. But the way it sounded, the distortion behind its voice, and how it seemingly responded to our calls perfectly every time, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely weird. This event happened 14 years ago. I was 13 years old at the time. My family loved camping in our trailer, so we decided to go camping in the middle of Easter break. This trailer was over 20 years old, so it didn't look enjoyable. We decided to go to the Michaud State Forest. This was about 2,000 miles away from us. Once we got there, we noticed only one other camper at the campsite. This camper looked brand new and had no windows. Our family was not concerned. However, being younger, I was kind of freaked out. I have always been a paranoid child for whatever reason. I read stories about how kidnappers who would live in the middle of nowhere, in state forest and just woods in general, and always have these types of campers. That night, we decided to make a campfire to toast some marshmallows. Every once in a while, I would look back at that trailer and wonder who was there. After we ate all of our s'mores, we went to sleep. I decided to lock the door and I had a strange feeling that we needed to close it. I'm a very light sleeper, so I woke up to the sound of the door handle rattling ever so slightly. I saw I was the only one awake, so I was petrified. I decided to sit up, look out the window. Outside, there was an older man that was jiggling the doorknob. It was, of course, locked, but he was still trying to open the door like no one's business. Even more frightening, he was holding a knife. I immediately, after seeing that, woke up my parents. The older man heard me wake up my parents because he had run into the woods. After they listened to what had happened, we packed up all of our stuff, drove out of there and reported it to the police, and they checked the area where we were. The new camper was still there at the campsite. When they went inside the trailer, they found the deceased body of a family of five. There were knife wounds all over their bodies. I can't imagine what would have happened if we didn't lock that door that night. Wow. Scary stories once again from the Swamp Dweller who kicks off the third hour of this show each and every Monday through Friday night. If you want more stories just like this, Swamp Dweller has thousands of them. All you got to do is go to his YouTube channel for free, hit subscribe, and listen. Just click play. It's that simple. We're going to continue on with the UFO report. Here's little Timmy Senor. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. 
Tim, thank you for drawing on in with us with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection as well. Keith had a little bit of a rough first half hour. He was uh, working there with some uh, technical issues, so we're going to continue on with the ET Connection. I mean, this is really your first time sitting in with Keith. It's a little trippy at times, isn't it? I think we're kindred spirits, actually. It sounds like we have a lot in common. Um, so I'm stoked. Yeah. I, my eyes are open. My ears are open and I'm enjoying a lot of it. It's not my first time listening in, but it's definitely my first time meeting him and it's an absolute pleasure. It's been great. And by the way, I've heard of hookah and there's a really good, good book and comic book series based on hookah or uka. And, um, it is kind of this owl alien creature, even in the series. So it's fantastic. So very cool. Very, very cool stuff. Right on, right on. Keith, how you doing there, buddy? I'm doing great. I, I really appreciate hearing about the what I call corroboration because I'm the worst researcher on the planet, I think. You know, so when I ran into the hookah, to me, that was just another race. But the fact that there are already documented cases of them is always nice to have. Well, actually, I was going to ask, where do you find all this information? Do you get downloads or like, how do you know all of this stuff all about all these races? On the average of twice to three times a week, I get abducted. And they tell you directly? That's where you get the the names? Oh, some of my friends, some of my best friends, I happen to be half of the off-worlders. Off-worlders or, or, or ancient races. And this I have the two. Well, the off-worlders are ones that are born off-planet. Right. Ancient races are ones that evolved here. Right, crypto uh, terrestrials. I guess they're yeah. Being some people them. call them cryptids. Cryptids and crypto terrestrials. Very cool. Um, and so, I guess I do have a couple of questions. Do you do you mind? Uh- hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Vacations are supposed to be easy, right? Lots of stress-free time spent on the beach with a drink in hand, making memories that will last a lifetime. So, booking a vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. They offer easily bookable, all-inclusive vacation packages with exclusive non-stop vacation flights to your favorite vacation destinations. Explore deals to AMR Collection Resorts and plan your luxury vacation with ease. It's like turning on easy mode. Get started at applevacations.com. Uh, me asking since uh, right ahead, this time cool and it's really cool to be able to have you here um so was was there any messages that you were ever given directly that they knew you may have a public platform at some point and they wanted you to convey that was kind of important in all fairness the public the public venue as in coming on to space out radio was something they had not anticipated you know, I dealt with all my all my stuff was dealt with one on one with with local people. You know, until oh, I guess about two years before I met Dave, I ended up listening into a UFO show, right, with uh, with Mufon, 
and end up being kind of being asked to call in to talk to them. So I did, and next thing I know, well, here we are, some 10 years later. Right, and how have you managed to find balance with this massive knowledge and having to have your day-to-day? Like, how have you managed to incorporate both or perhaps balance out both? Because we know that through since the 70s, if you've had knowledge since then, then it's been heavily stigmatized throughout these decades. And so how have you personally managed to balance it out? Oh, that was the easy part. Number one, I turned to gaming. They, they're all weird people anyway, for the most part. So they just took it in stride. And then I became excessively reclusive. So that I didn't have to deal with people. And of course, I ended up being drawn into the psychic work. And again, when you're dealing with psychics, you're dealing with people that are a little different than the norm, but they're a little bit more accepting on the whole. Right. You know, as for how to how to get along with the, with people, well, subtlety is not my strong suit. You know, <laughs> we, we had a situation a long time ago, a number of years back, I think, maybe only a few months. David know better than I would. But we had a situation where somebody asked me flat out, how, why I, why he should believe what I'm telling him. My response was, shall we say, not socially acceptable? I didn't swear at the guy, but, <laughs> you know. Right. It's irrelevant whether he believes you're, it's not up to you to convince anybody. So I can imagine well, you probably true. let loose. That is true. I was just a little, la- like, I was talking to somebody the other day and they asked me a question and I looked at them and and because what they asked was they found out my name was Keith and the person turned around and goes, are you a man? Well, my immediate response was how many cruel parents do you actually know? You know, but for me, I've just, I've really learned to isolate myself from people. Because you get hit with the cruelty stick. Anytime, well, yeah. Being a full empath, I can feel what they're what they're going Interesting. through. Interesting. Feel the fear, etc. Ah, and it it comes from fear, doesn't it? The, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and uh, you know, I don't, I can't imagine what that must have been like. But um, you've maintained quite a lot of information that you're sharing with our audience, so. For one reason or another, I think that's incredible. Um, and so there was no direct message that was ever imparted to you that was that felt like important. In oh yeah, particular? there were there were three. Okay, Every let's talk about them. that. See, yeah. I ran into the council at twelve the day I was born, and I was handed a very simple message. There are only three laws in existence that must be followed. Just three? Just three. Just three. I can't yeah. quite do it, but that's amazing that you did it. Well, that's it that okay. Way. What you do, I can't do. Not well. Oh, that, that was cool that you did that. I like that. Just three. Anyways, please continue. Be true to yourself first. Do unto others as you desire them to do unto you. And energy out, energy in. Hmm. Okay. And if mankind will turn around and start treating each other and the environment in which they live the way they personally desire to be treated, You'll find war goes away, famine goes away, you know, jealousy dis- dissolves, right? And net result, we have prosperity. 40,000 years ago, 
it was absolute peace on earth. You know, there was no war. There was no jealousy. Nobody was starving. Right. And that was what I came... The biggest message I came back with was to let people know on the whole that working together, we can make this a better world for virtually everybody. That ultimately is the message I came back to give people at this point. I've tried it a few times before. It hasn't worked out that well. And this isn't adding up to a real successful run either. Have you ever had an NDE? Oh, I went way past that. I was clinically dead four times before I hit 10, before I hit 10. And another half dozen after that, that somebody else that wasn't a doctor had to restart. And what happened during some of those or any of those? Well, I did find out that hell, heaven, that neat little place where everybody crawls into a coffin and lays there for a while. You know, that plot of dirt that everybody, that some people believe they lay in until their, until their body rots. Mm-hmm. All of it exists. But none of it are you permanently held in. You're only held there until such time as you realize, as you come to realize you're not held there. Interesting. I mean, I will tell you, the, the hot tubs in, in hell, way too hot for my liking. <laughs> I'm sorry to chuckle, but that's that's good. I like that. Okay. All right. Um, have you been on the flip side of that since you bring that up? Have you tasted the fruits of heaven if you've dipped in Absolutely. the pools of hell? Been to heaven, been to hell, tried, this, and tried a nap in a coffin one year. One year? What does that mean? Oh, I remember many of my past lives. Like oh, cool. I think I've documented 18 or 20 on this planet. Never mind prior. Interesting. It's really interesting. We could talk for hours. I'm totally intrigued. Um, I'm going to hit you up with another one here. So, um, okay. So does anyone that we know of publicly in the UFO world or maybe the technology world, has anyone that we know of come close to the technology that perhaps ET has? Um, that I can give you by name? No. That I know of, the answer is yes. Of course, I understand names and I don't get along well. Can you give me just a description? I don't need the names. I'm more interested in just the story. Well, I can tell you that the that the um, Stephen Hawking actually was only a couple of years away from proving the existence of the multiverse. Okay, where it comes to technology, mankind already has... A, they've already developed of their own accord an, a motor vehicle engine that will not break down. They're on the verge of understanding interstellar travel, but they haven't quite figured out how to how to track the necessary components to to actually make the OTE drive work. I'm sorry, the what drive? OTE. OTE. Transportation of the tri-transportational equilarity. Oh, you said that way too fast. Could you say that slower for me? I'll read it back later, but what was that? The oscillodensification of the tritranstempatial equilarity. Dave, I see you staring into the screen. Did you what did you catch that? I don't Does understand that a word he's saying right now. 
I wish I understood any part of that. But go ahead well, and just continue because on, on the it's plus over side my head. there, on the plus side there, Tim, contacting me, I I'm more than willing to explain it in depth. Yeah. The last person I tried to explain it to took me two hours, and they had a had a master's in rocketry and astrophysics. It's incredible. Well, please just continue. Don't let me stop you. Please continue from the OTE. Okay, the harp technology that mankind is using right now. They're playing around with it to try and figure it out, but what they've got is a first-generation atmosphere generator. Okay, they've got in their possession, which they haven't released, the secret to unlimited energy. Problem is, with unlimited energy, your entire economic backbone collapses. Right. Which is one of the reasons why they won't do it. You know, they've got parts of a matter relocation system. Okay, as in what you would call a teleport pad or a transporter. Okay, they've already got weaponry that will, that literally will kill humans without any fallout. Now, don't get me wrong. War has never brought peace. It brings quiet, but it does not bring peace. And that's one of these things that humans have to come to understand. Far easier to work together and develop technology if you're not ducking bullets. Right. Right. It's horrible to think of what we've done with technology, like the crowd control weapon we have that um, controls the water just below the surface of your skin. And it's absolutely excruciating and you can control, control people invisibly with this supposedly it's just horrible to think that that's what we would do with our technology. We would torture each other with it rather than see a possible oh, benefit. That's just, well, that's the funny thing. The off worlders look at humans playing around with this, with their weaponry going, you guys haven't got a clue what you're doing with war to right. them. A war is simple. If you have to have a war, wipe the enemy out. All rules go aside. There are no war crimes. Mankind is so caught up in fear and caught up in controlling everything around them that they're forgetting you do not control energy. You guide it. Right. Okay. Right. Um, so I'm going to my next question. And so are a lot of your experiences physical? And when do the dreams end and the reality begin, and how does do you know, and how does your brain decipher in between them? Because it must be hard, especially if you have intuition like you do, and empathy. The first part of the question is, I, am I end up being, most of the time, physically abducted. Okay, as in taken. Because I live on my own, because I sleep in my own bed, you don't see it much. Although I have had that witness when I had a girlfriend here, you know, years ago. How do I know when the reality and the life, or like when reality and the, the abduction side of things or the imagination ends? Um, that was a little hard. I had, they, they clinically proved that because of the way that, my, that I am, because of what happened when I was 20 months old, I, I literally physically look at the positive, the negative, and the neutral all at the same time. 
Okay, like I do not say, I don't go, oh, this is one possibility, here's another. I see all three at once. Okay, so how, how do I relate to the way the rest of the world thinks? I don't. You know, to me, it just doesn't add up. Right. Right. And so the experiences that you have, they are physical. Have you ever had any physical remnants on your body or have you ever been altered? In any of your experiences, oh, yeah. when I was around about around about four years four years old, maybe five, the talons took me and snapped my my right arm to the point that it that it was offset by thirty by about thirty degrees. Up until twenty thirteen, if I took my hand and held it out this way, and I went to fold it where I can touch my shoulder here now. Up until 2013, my hand would be over here. I physically couldn't touch my shoulder. Our Keith Andrews. Are, are we going to keep him, Tim? Are we going to keep him around? Oh, please, if you'd like to stick around, absolutely. Keith, if you want to stick around, we still got more audience questions. I know Tim's intrigued. Okay, well, give me 30 seconds to take a run to the washroom, and I'll be right back. All right. Thank you for letting us know. Mark Keith Andrews, the ET Connection. Extendo version. His final appearance here on 2022. Space Out Radio continues right after this. Yeah, we can talk K-Doors anytime. Right? I don't even know what the hell one is. Canadian Civil Aviation Daily Occurrence Reporting System. Yeah, talk that anytime. Got some meaty stuff coming from you guys up there up north. Right. Past few weeks. Yeah, past few weeks you've had a a rash. A rash of incidents. Yeah. You like the juice. We know this. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing the juice. Hey, you got to text me your... Uh, your, maybe your work address or something so I can have it sent for a surprise at work. Oh, no. Your toque. Just your toque. Send, my, send my toque to my house. Yeah. Your dogs won't get it? No. <laughs> it goes to my P.O. box. It's it's so perfect for you. When I saw it, I was like, yeah. Oh, and I secretly actually got two, so we can wear them in Together. tandem. Yes. <laughs> it gets chilly in Oregon. Uh-huh. I mean, for me, it's freezing, but it's not like your BC Sub-Zero. Ugh. This is the man that wants to go and put himself on the skillet of Las Vegas with us, folks. Yeah, you have no idea how cold it is here right now. I am freezing. I am freezing right now. I bet you are. Look like you need a furry hat, sir. Mm-hmm. Tis right here. Look at this, his eighth anniversary gift. Oh, nice. That. Isn't you, that just boy. perfect for him? Yeah, absolutely nicely lined. <laughs> oh, he's he's just going to love it. It's going to look great on him. Oh, yeah. And it's got the, gold, the golden yelling mouth on the back, which was so perfect for him. Yeah. And I'm just going to leave that alone. It'll <laughs> <laughs> look great on you. I look forward to it. So you were talking about favorite films earlier, and no one mentioned Explorers. 
I wonder if anyone remembers that film where these boys come up with a way to create a bubble and they build a ship and the ship goes in the bubble and they're cruising over their neighborhood. I think it had, uh, I think there was River Phoenix when he was a kid. I think vaguely I remember the show. I don't recall whether or not I ever watched it. I think it was a Disney film, if I'm not mistaken. No, I, I don't. I don't actually watch much in the way of TV anymore. There you go. Look at that, Jason Preston, River Phoenix, Ethan Hawke. Nice shot. Nineteen eighty-five adventurous space tale stars Ethan Hawke and young star River Phoenix as misfit best friends who dream of space travel become a reality when they create an interplanetary spacecraft in their homemade laboratory and embark on a secret adventure to another galaxy where they find out that there are things that are not always, or things are not always as different as they seem. It's a weird quote, but there you go. It it's really good. I loved it. What I found with the different races is they're very similar to humans when you start looking at their socioeconomic interactions, especially the early parts of their, of their civilizations. Meaning that... Um, certain things have value on their planet and so they subsequently monetize it in certain ways in some races yes the the draconian race was a prime example where they expanded their empire way too far and eventually because they expanded because of the same thing in search of minerals etc etc and they expanded so fast that it buckled sooner it buckled at one point and they left three three colonies out in the middle of nowhere. Well, three multi-planet colonies out in the middle of nowhere. Net result, you have the Srazazians, the Tormanons, and the, you know, the Srazazians, the Tormanons, and, shoot, now I'm pulling them blank. There's a third, a third race that is tied to them. All right, guys, hold on. we got about 45 seconds. I want to say a big thank you tonight to Pam, Vaughn, Matrum, Donnie Joe times three, David, Steven, Trisha, and Human Carl for the amazing Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And don't forget, Las Vegas, Nevada, second annual Spaced Out Radio Fan Party coming on May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget Casino. And you know what? We are going to have a blast. We want all of you there as well. There's going to be a bunch of stars who appear on this show joining us there. Here we go, everyone. Final half hour. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you 
Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Supposed to be time for the UFO report with Tim Senor, but our Keith Andrews is still hanging out with us, and it's good to have these gentlemen back talking all things extraterrestrial. Keith, Tim, how are you guys? Not that bad at all. Awesome. Really, really happy with the, with the way it's running. Really enjoying talking to Tim here. And, of course, as usual, definitely talking to the to our audience. Well, let's get to an audience question right here. Here's Lily Pond. I've heard that ETs love our beer, and it's a huge secret <laughs> space program export item. Is this true? <laughs> well, it's not so much the, the off-worlders like the beer, but I will tell you, the rumors you've heard in the in the different uh It said we make thirty five thousand decisions a day. No wonder they don't all come out just right. Like when you pre ordered those fresh sneakers, that dropped right when you repaid your friend for lunch. It happens. But overdrafts don't have to. Get extra time to cover your overdraft with Citizens Peace of Mind. So you can relax in those sweet kicks and focus on your next 34,999 decisions. Learn more about how to reverse your overdraft fees at citizensbank.com slash peace of mind. Citizens, made ready. Member FDIC. Popeye's Driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper. Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try. Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants. Love that chicken from Popeye's writings about the dwarven race which are an ancient race they absolutely love our beer you know i mean the only thing and the only complaint i've ever heard from them is it doesn't have enough grit to it Ah, the molten beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know as far as does it get exported frankly it wouldn't be a shock all right, let's get to another question from Voices. Keith, have you started lifting weights so that you could beat up your reptilian and demon friends in arm wrestling contests? Um, the answer would be, as far as have I started working with weights, yes. I dropped my weight below the 200 that I was aiming at, so I am now starting to work with weights. But the purpose is not to beat up, the, my, uh, to beat up anybody. I'm a pacifist. Besides that, especially, by the way, Tim, that other race was the Kamalians. And the thing is, you don't need a real high strength to deal with a with a with the Kamalians. You just need to know where to hit them. You know, every race has nerve clusters, every race. And do understand when I talk about being a pacifist, I haven't been in a physical fight in my life on Earth. You know, I've hit, I think, three people not counting, not talking about family. But am I aiming at building my strength back up to functional? The answer is yes. Now that I've dropped my weight below the barrier I was aiming for for the end of the year, now it's time to start getting my health back. Awesome. Congratulations. Right on, brother. That's great. Dave's on a health kick, too. 
Trying. I'm I'm trying. You're doing great. Pam yeah, wants to know. Great. Pam wants to know. Keith, do the aliens have their own holidays and celebrations? Absolutely. Some of them, in all fairness, because some of the races have come to Earth and have spent time here, some have adopted some of the of the traditions of Earth. But when you start looking at their at their traditions, where it comes to things like the passing of a loved one, some of their traditions are a whole lot more callous than what humans are. You know, I mean, a prime example, you take a look at any one of the four, the four linked uh, reptilian races, and your grandfather dies at the dinner table. If he didn't die of disease, it's like, gee, he was a wonderful person. Thank you very much, Grandpa, for all your help. Toss him on the table, dinner served. And that's pretty much the end of the, of the, of the funeral. Because from their standpoint, you don't waste. Okay, now fortunately when I've been up there, they've been kind enough to cook whatever it was I was going to eat. But, you know, but they do have, they do have their celebrations um, where it comes to spring celebrations or, you know, their, their major, major social events or major civilization alterations. They've absolutely got their own. All right. We can continue on here. Miss Anonymous, first time in our chat room, is asking, are empaths like myself a magnet attracting attention? Um, not exactly a magnet. But empaths are, are because they're more sensitive to the emanations going on, they tend to notice what's going on more readily. And this does catch some of the, of the race's attention. You know, but that does not mean that because you're an empath, it certainly does not make you a prime target for abduction. Okay. Just a prime target for paying attention to what it is you're picking up. Will they track your brainwaves to notice? And that's done at a distance more often than not. They'll do it to notice what the impact of events around you are likely being recorded as and how that affects your, your, your physiological configuration. Got a question for him there, uh, little Timmy Senor? I sure do. Um, I was wondering is, oh, since we've recently found out that water potentially was on Mars and it probably was on other planets as well and may not be as rare as we thought. In your opinion, what could be attracting ET to our planet and what is the rarest element in the universe potentially that you know of? I am not a scientist. So the answer to the last part, I don't know, but I do know exactly what's drawing the ETs here. Okay. We are mankind right now has returned to that point where they're going to get to, where they're going to reach interplanetary, possibly inter, interstellar capability, or they're going to bomb themselves back to the, to the Stone Age. Okay, this is the fourth time they've done this that I'm aware of. And they, You mean destroy themselves back to the Stone Age and restart? Essentially, yes. Okay. 
continue. Okay. Um, but right now, it is literally the xenosocioeconomic evolution of the human race that is drawing the drawing the off-worlders' attention because they're watching a civilization as it blossoms. So it's either going to blossom fully and people are going to figure out that getting along will work better than trying to shoot each other, or they won't. But from a, from a, from a xenosocioeconomic standpoint... Absolutely an exciting time. Any insight as to which way the penny is going to drop? You know, I've watched it do it four times that I can remember. And mankind is walking down the exact same road. Unfortunately, it is being driven by corporate, government, and religious, you know, promptings to fear everything. And to look at everybody as a lesser person, you look at the way that, that society is now separating itself. Okay. Many races have gone through this. And every one of the ones that went through it ended up in massive turmoil. You know, and then they come back to it and go, well, that was a waste of time. You know, kind of looking back over their own history going, you know, 3,000 years ago, our race did this same dang thing. Why are we doing it again? And mankind will get to that point. Is there a channeler out there or a source of information that you feel is reliable that the community can go to? You know, this is going to sound really bad, but no. 90% of the ones that I've run into, in certain areas, there are people that I, that I, do, that I do agree with, you know, that I will, that I will look to. But when we're talking about the socioeconomic evolution, the, the future of mankind, most of the people I talk to or most of the people I even hear about start off with, oh, I've been in touch with the galactic, you know, with the galactic people. And they're saying the aliens are getting ready to come down and wipe us out. Okay. The moment somebody starts talking to you about off-worlders coming down to wipe out mankind, or to fix mankind. Throw out everything to say after that, in my opinion. You briefly mentioned the Council of Twelve that you met at your birth. Could you explain a little bit more about that? Because I think we've probably all heard of that before. What is that interpretation to you, and what is that? The Galactic Consortium is, it is literally a group of people, okay, a group of 12 people, you may well consider some of them because of their because of their spiritual evolution. They are a council that work together to help other races get along. Okay, if a race has a problem, they come to the council. The reason it's 12 is because if the council is split evenly in half, then the final decision goes back to the person asking the question. Interesting. And are the human beings represented there? Absolutely not. Not as a member of the council. And the reason for that is because mankind is still afraid of its own skin color. Okay, you take a look at the at that whole thing. Until mankind realizes that no matter your gender, no matter what you identify as, your skin color, your financial state, or your political affiliation... Until mankind realizes that none of that matters and you're all equal, 
you will not, the race will not, or more to the point, the species will not be in a position to even have a run at becoming a member of the 12. Why do you think that people like yourself and Dave that have come into contact and been given massive information like this, why do you think that you're teased with this and not given the tools to spread it? Well, the given the information is because I don't see people as being different. Okay, for me personally, I have never looked at anybody because of any of the above mentioned of the aforementioned separators. Mm -hmm. I've never treated anybody differently. Okay, same, I mean, it it was funny because when I first started dealing on an amicable level with the off-worlders, I didn't treat them any differently either. Okay, I literally told the told the matri- the patriarch of the Sarsazian of the Sarsazian military that frankly I wasn't interested in in his in his unwillingness to protect his own people. And I believe the term I told that I used to a military what would amount to a global general, or more to the point, an empire general, was I literally looked at him and I went, "If you're too afraid to go and deal and help your own people, I'll deal with it." I was told I was being disrespectful. I said, so? So? <laughs> like that? Just I like have, that. Um, I have another question. Um, do, do any of the alien races have the ability to potentially unlock human DNA and extend life and heal and do wonderful, amazing things? How about if we start with the first, with the first answer? Humans have the ability to extend their own life. But the answer to your question is yes, there's a number of them that do. Oh, please tell me more of your first answer. All you have to look at is the is the subquantum is the subquantum correction, submolecular quantum magnetic flux built inside every human cell. Modify the coding on it, and you can live longer. You can heal diseases. Now, do not get me wrong. Before I finish that. We are talking about medicine here. This is done in conjunction with modern medicine, with modern or naturopathic medicine. This is not a replacement for it. Okay, but you can reprogram every cell in your body to do something different. Right, and is nanochemistry and things like that the reality that we have right now? Is that anything close to what you're describing? Like our current Um, nano-abilities? The nanotechnology you're talking about is real, but it's very clunky compared to what I'm referring to. Okay. okay. See, aside from the last, from this last bout that I just spent the last three weeks fighting double pneumonia, I haven't been ill with an actual disease in over 25 years. Why do you think that is? I don't have time for it. So I just modify the whole thing and go, I'm not dealing with it. It can go away. And why do you think this last bout got you? Ultimately, because I lost focus and got really fed up with dealing with humans that were being, in my opinion, absolutely stupid. Hmm. So instead of telling them where to go, I tried dealing with them. And internalized it and got ill. Yes. Interesting. Same thing I did when I was a kid. I used to absorb other people's illnesses and let my own body heal them. By being a very empathetic, is this through your uh, em- empathy abilities that that would be? Essentially, yes. Interesting. 
empaths can actually absorb the negative energy off of another person and then translate it, you know, and then transmute it into a healthy body in their own right. When I was a kid, that's how I, how I worked, and I figured out how not to do it and then decided I was going to do something really stupid. My son came home with double pneumonia, so I took it. He healed in under a week, and I dealt with it after that. <laughs> that's very interesting. Um, if anyone wants to jump in here, I do kind of have one final like throw one in. One final, and then I got some, some more, Tim. Okay. All right. Um, did you see the film Interstellar? No. Okay, then don't even bother with my question. Go ahead and go, Dave. All right, let's go to the Doug Shelby. Keith, did I ever ask you if you had played a role-play fantasy sci-fi game called Star Frontiers? I did. I ran a chap. What the heck was he? I did run, I did run a chap. His name was Chantel N.T. I forget what the name of the race was. But it was the game was a riot. All right. Yeah, we played that for a couple of years. Two more questions from our audience. Christy, first time listener in our chat room. Do the eight foot blue birds really exist? Are they the same as the blue avians? Essentially, yes. There. I mean, number one, do they exist? The answer is yes. Oh, okay. And some people call them bluebirds. Some people call them blue avians. And I'd have to go back through my notes to, quite frankly, they're they're actually included in in volume two. But off the top of my head, I cannot recall exactly what they what they actually call themselves. But they are very real. All right, and let's continue on. One final question from our audience tonight. YJ is asking, R. Keith, I've recently begun postulating that greys are possibly a smaller being inside an artificial biosuit. Am I on the right track? Only partially. The greys themselves are actually three feet tall-ish. Okay, they vary, you know, like with humans, they vary in height. But they do have biosuits for, for some of their larger maneuvering. You know, there, there are, like, they have um, what humans call, call map suits, also known as man amplification. Okay, so when they have to deal with bigger, with bigger complications or planets that are much more hostile, they will use these suits to maneuver. Not the least of which is on the Sarsazian homeworld. Hmm. Over the last 12 months, since this is your last show before 2023, what has been one of the biggest surprises for you, Keith, this year? Are you talking about regarding the show or just overall? With with aliens, normally what we do talk about. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I think one of the biggest ones was when I got taken to the... To, when I actually got taken to the planet that people are referring to, and it's not a planet, to the ship that people are calling the planet Nibiru. Okay. On that planet, yes. Well, number one, 
the Nibiru itself is the is the ship they're on, but it's the Anunnaki that are on it. I mean, that was, to say the least, an interesting trip. But I think that was one of the one of the best ones I ran into from that end. You know, other than that, well, since I didn't try the death thing again this time, life has been for me pretty much normal. But I think that's probably one of the one of the more exciting events. Usually is, usually is. Keith, forty-five seconds. Or about a minute here. Tell everybody where they can find your YouTube channel, your books, and everything that's good about you. On my my YouTube channel is R. Keith Andrews. Below every video, you'll see a list of ways of getting a hold of me. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook at rkeithandrews.com and at ilderbach.com, plus Twitter and LinkedIn. But, like I said, these are all listed below. Theoretically, if you contact Dave, he may put you through to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll just send him to your Facebook page. That's what I do. But easiest uh, way to find me, I do my best to answer. Yeah, you're very, very good that way, Tim. Your first experience with our Keith, kind of interesting, right? Loved it. Thank you so much for the invitation. I appreciated it a lot. Thank you for that. Yeah. Ah, uh, no worries. No worries. Thanks and, a lot, Keith. And a big thank you it's great all. Great to meet you, Keith. And a big, nice you too. And a big thank you all for tuning us in tonight. We very much appreciate our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. It literally happens here near the beginning of each month where we come in and talk extraterrestrials sometimes all night long. And we appreciate Keith for being a good sport with us tonight. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brothers watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker. Space Travelers Club and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends. We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. The seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them too. Good night. Papa.
Guys, Driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper. Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try. Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants. Love that chicken from Popeye's. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 